felt like I needed a tambourine right there. <laughs> hey, um, I got a question, and this is going to be kind of weird for you to answer. Some of you can't answer because you're sitting next to your parents, and they don't know. But how many people in this room have ever attempted at least one time to run from the police? You've, you've attempted to run from the police. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. I figured there'd be a lot more at this service. Wait till five o'clock. That'll be everybody. I was, um, I was working at, at Ryan's. I was like right out of high school and I didn't have a car at the time. My buddy had a car and, and me and another guy worked in the dish room together. Now, his name was Hazel. That was his real name. His name was Hazel. And, um, and he, he didn't need a nickname because his name was Hazel. But he called me Cracker. And um, so, so he came up to me. We, we, we washed dishes together. And it was always fun to, to scare Hazel. We, we, we liked to scare each other. So they'd say, Hazel, go in the cooler. And I'd be in there behind the chicken wings and jump out. And he would scream and, and, and say words that aren't in the Bible. And anyway, so, so Hazel, Hazel asked, he came up to me and said, Cracker, take me home. And I said, uh, I ain't got no car. He said, well, can't you borrow JJ's? And I was like, oh, yeah. So I went to my friend JJ. I said, can I borrow your car? I'm going to take Hazel home. He's like, yeah. He's like, be careful. Now, this was a 1973 red Ford station wagon. You couldn't have hurt this car. And so um, I, I got Hazel in the car, and I was just thinking, I, I like to every once, every once in a while, every once in a while, I like to drive a little crazy, get a little reckless. And I knew if I did it, I would scare Hazel. So I was like, I'm going to scare Hazel. So we, we took off out of the Ryan's parking lot. We, we went left, and I, I turned the wheels pretty sharp and the tires squealed. Now, the tires on a 1973 station wagon don't normally squeal, but these tires were bald, so they squealed really good, and Hazel, like, freaked out, and he, went, and he looked at me, and all of a sudden, he went, oh, shoot, there's a cop. I went, no, there's not, because if you say it's not happening, it's not happening. I, I was trying to pat. He said, he just slowed down. I was like, no, it didn't, and all of a sudden, I saw the blue light, he said, we're going to jail. I was like, shut up, Hazel. And I punched the gas and I turned into this street. We didn't have seatbelts back then in the car. We did, but we cut them out because they, no, it was, nobody wore them. Hazel flies into the floorboard and I am going through this neighborhood, cannot get control of a car, took out two mailboxes, went sideways to these people's front yard and, and Hazel's in the floorboard going, white people crazy, white people crazy, white people crazy. Hazel finally makes it back up in the seat. I got, I was like, I was like, we're gonna be good. We're gonna be good, man. We're gonna be good. And we went back in all these back roads, and I knew all these roads, and it was good. After about five to ten minutes, we got him calmed down. He's like, we pulled out, and the cop was sitting right there. (laughs) Hit me with the blue lights. Hazel looked at me, he said, uh-oh, man. I was like, what do you mean, uh-oh? He said, I got a bag on me. I was like, oh, God, Hazel. He said, we're going to jail. I was like, no, you're going to jail because I'm going to tell them you're robbing me right now. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> anyway, the cop comes up, and he asks for my license and registration. I was like, this is a friend of mine's car, but here's my license. And at this point, I am, I am scared to death. I'm sweating. And he looked at my license. He looked at me. And he looked at my license. He looked at me. And he was a kind of a bigger guy, and he just chuckled. He said, boy, did you try to run from me? I said, yes, sir, I did. 
He handed me back my license. He said, thank you for telling me the truth. He said, I'm going to let you go. He said, but here's what you need to know. I grew up on these streets. I grew up in this neighborhood. You can, you can run all you want to from me, but you could never outrun me. You remember that, boy. And what I wanted to say was, don't call me boy, but he was letting me go. So, and he still had a bag on him. So I was like, thank you so much. And I've never forgotten that lesson. I've never forgotten that lesson ever, ever. It happened to me when I was like 18 years old. And ever since then, I've never attempted to, to run from the police since that time. I'm, now there's plenty of opportunity in the future. I'm just saying since that time, I haven't. Now, the reason I would say that is because just like I was running from the police that night, we've got some runners here today. Maybe you're in the room or maybe you're online and you're not necessarily running from the cops, although this is second chance. So there's a shot that somebody here maybe, but, but what I wanna mainly communicate today is I wanna communicate to people that are currently running from God. Now, I know some of you would say, well, Pastor P, if somebody was running from God, they wouldn't be at church. Well, you'd be surprised. And the main idea that I want you to communicate to you, in fact, there's two main ideas. We're going to start out with this one is this, that you can run from God, but you can't outrun God. I, I, I have met people that have said, you can't run from God. I'm like, oh, no, you can. Trust me. I've got to try Google my name. You can run from God. Trust me. You can run from God. But the thing I know about running from God is you can't outrun God. Now, there's a story in the Bible, it's the Old Testament, it's a guy named Jonah. And, and let me pause real quick. A lot of times people ask me, is the book of Jonah, do you think the book of Jonah is real or it's just a metaphor? I think it's real. And here's the reason I think it's real. Jesus talked about the book of Jonah. Jesus talked about Jonah like Jonah was a real person. So since Jesus was able to predict his death and resurrection and actually pull it off, I told y'all two weeks ago, I'm on team Jesus. So if Jesus said Jonah is real, I'm gonna go with Jonah being real, okay? So Jonah was a prophet. Now in the Old Testament, he's considered a minor prophet, but at least he's in the book. And Jonah is, he's a pretty effective prophet. And then one day he's hanging out, minding his own business and God speaks to Jonah. And God says this, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. I like that name. We need to bring that one back. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. 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 What did he tell him to go on three? One, two, three. Nineveh. Good. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Now, you would think this is right up Jonah's alley. He's a prophet, right? If you read in the Old Testament, the prophets would just roll up in a city and just throw it down, let the people know God's mad, he's killing people, and y'all better give your, and, and you know, you, you would think this is right up his alley, but it's not. But before we get there, I've had people tell me, Pastor P, I wish God would speak today just like he spoke in the Old Testament. I'm like, I, kn I know, I mean, I get what you're saying, but he doesn't speak today like he did in the Old Testament. It's actually better. God speaks through his word and through his spirit. Now, in, in, in our modern day, God speaks more today than he did to people in the Old Testament. I'll put it that way. Now, there's two types of revelation. When God is speaking, there's two types of revelation. There's two ways that God's gonna speak. The first is called general revelation or God's global will. 
God's general revelation, all of us, even though we've, we've probably messed up in this area, not probably, we have messed up in this area, we are glad that God's general revelation exists. For example, you, shall not, you should not steal. That's God's general revelation. That is God's will for everybody in the room. If somebody showed up today and you showed up to church and you're like, God, I need to know after church today if I should go to Target and steal some dog treats for my dog. Okay, the answer is no. You don't even have to pray about that because God has already revealed that in his word. You should not steal. Aren't you glad God said that? Because if not, you could go home today and somebody's taking your TV. Why? God told me to take the TV. God did not tell you to take my TV, but God did tell me to whip your, okay, so you got it, right, right? Now, there's some people in the room going, I, I don't steal, I don't, I've never stolen, Pastor P. Okay, let, let's just talk about how many second chance pens do you have at your house? I was thinking about stuff I've stolen the other day, and I was like, anybody remember Napster? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, 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 you've stolen, you've stolen, you thought you were, thought you were a saint, but your halo's a little crooked this morning, all right? Or you shall not lie. How much better would the world be if people just didn't lie? Hey, honey, how does this make me look? <laughs> you should probably lie right there. So, I mean, it's okay to lie sometimes, but, but wouldn't it be a better place? Wouldn't the world be a better place if people did not lie? All politicians would have to get out. All of them would have to get out. But if it, and, and, and if we all decided today we were never gonna lie anymore. We'd all have to go to the DMV tomorrow and tell them our correct weight, right? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So we've all lied. God's general revelation is like, this is like, love one another. Good idea, great plan, Jesus. That's why you're like the Messiah, the savior of the world. And then, and then there's God's specific revelation. This is to all people, this is to you. This is God's global will. This is God's personal will, specific revelation. This is, so I'm gonna make this statement. Don't offend somebody, but hey, it's 2022. You can't even, you can't say anything without offending people. So I'm just gonna put it out there. If you don't agree, that's fine. Just email Cole. I'm glad that COVID is pretty much over. Okay, I said pretty much. There's gonna be, oh, my grandma. Okay, I kind of feel bad about grandma, but like for the most part, for the most part, but I'm gonna tell you something I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna tell you something I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss that whole social distancing thing. I think six foot's good. You know why? I got a big personal space bubble. I do. Anybody got a big personal space bubble? I like big bubbles and I cannot lie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How y'all know what that song is? That y'all been listening to, all right? I, I, and, and close talkers, have you ever met a close talker? Now, if you're a close talker, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand because you don't know you're a close talker. <laughs> but you, get, you have to get up. Like, I've had people up in my grill and I'm like, are they gonna go for the kiss? Because I, this is about as far back as I can go. I don't... I don't like somebody getting in my bubble. I like my personal space. I actually have some tricks to make sure that I'm not gonna tell you what they are because I've used some of them on y'all. So I've got some tricks to make sure I got some space. But here's the thing I know about God. God's gonna get in your bubble. 
God's going to get in your personal space. God's going to get in your personal business. God told Jonah to go to what city did he tell him to go to? Now, let me tell you the problem with Nineveh. Nineveh was full of Gentiles. Some of y'all are like, what is a Gentile? Well, if you're not Jewish, that would be you. And Jonah was Jewish. And Jonah, as a Jew, did not want to see the Gentiles come to faith in God. He was racist. Can you believe there was a time in the history of the world where one race looked down upon another race and thought they were better? The world has progressed so much since then. I digress. Anyway, Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. God was asking Jonah to get out of his comfort zone. And here's how you know when God is speaking specifically to you. It's uncomfortable. And the more submitted we are to God's general revelation, the more aware we become of his specific revelation. Like, for example, God's specific revelation to me was to start Second Chance Church. And when God told me to do it first time, I said no. And the second time I said no. And the third time I said no. And I don't even know how many times I said no until I finally said, okay, I'll give it a shot. And, and the rest is history. But here, here's the thing I've discovered about God's specific revelation. If God's telling us to do something and we don't do it, he'll just keep hammering. Is there anything else? Nope, this right here. And God's specific revelation makes us feel uncomfortable. Maybe his specific revelation is like, start to volunteer, start to give. Maybe it's ask for help, confess a sin. The way you know it's God is it makes you slightly uncomfortable and, and, or maybe a whole lot uncomfortable. And here's the other thing. When you look at God's specific revelation, you're like, God, there's no way I can do that on my own. Got it. Because God will make sure that he calls you to do something that in order to accomplish it, we're gonna need his strength to get it done. Yeah, that was good, wasn't it? Thank you very much. Every once in a while, every once in a while, I will amen myself. Sometimes I do, every once in a while. Not much, but I just felt like it right there. All right, let's go to what's next. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Don't, I love this. Jonah is writing this book about himself, and he could have said, I said no. But he said, no, I, I went the opposite direction. I went the opposite direction from the Lord. He went down, okay, let me stop for just a second. For two weeks, I hadn't got to preach. Two weeks ago, we did like this historical thing. Last week, we had a big old LED wall with some pictures and some cool stuff. This week, I told y'all I was going to preach, and sometimes I, as a preacher, I read certain things in the Bible, and I just got to stop. I can't even get through a verse, and we just hit that point. I ain't got to preach in two weeks. I'm about to explode, so I'm about to preach. I hope you're ready for it. All right, here we go. He went down. Anytime we run from God, 
the quality of our life is going to go down. The quality of our joy, the quality of our hope, the quality of our peace. Right? Everything, when we run from God, takes a downward spiral. And I don't care what you drink, smoke, snort, or sleep with, eventually that feeling wears off. The quality goes down. He went down to the port of Joppa. I've been to Joppa. It's a cool place. Where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. Now, this is insane. Nineveh, Nineveh was like 150 miles this way. Tarshish was 3,000 miles that way. This isn't like, oops, I forgot to take a left. This is like, hey, y'all, meet me at Lake Hartwell, and you went to the Pacific Ocean. This is missing it big time. So he didn't just, he didn't just say no. He went the opposite direction, which, hadn't we all done that before? I mean, come on. He bought a ticket. Oh, okay. <laughs> he bought a ticket. Some of you are like, there's no way you got something out of he bought a ticket. Every time we run from God, it's going to cost us. There are people in this room. You've got running from God stories, and you can tell people what it cost you when you ran from God. I can tell you what it cost me. We never run from God that didn't cost us, and that's not God's fault. Because had we not ran, we wouldn't have had to pay the fare. Am I right? I know. I don't know because of me. I know because that's what the Bible said. He bought a ticket and went on board, <laughs> hoping to escape from the Lord by selling to Tarshish. When we run from God, we do stupid things. I mean, if I'm going to run from God, the last thing I'm going to do is get on a boat. <laughs> right? I'm on a boat, and like, like I am not going to get on a boat if I'm running from God. But there's two types of runners. There's two types of runners. First of all, there's like the outside runner. And the outside runner is the person that's running from God and you don't care who knows it. I was talking to a guy one time. He was trying to, <laughs> he was trying to hire somebody for one of his businesses and he had it narrowed down to two people. And he was like, I don't know which one to hire. And they were both between the ages of 25 and 30. And he's like, I just don't know which one to hire. I wish I knew a little bit more about them. I said, have you taken a look at their social media? He said, what? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, social media is so cool. People tell you who they are. Or they either project who they want to be, but either way, you're going to find out something about people. I said, just, I, just reach out to them and ask them what their Instagram or their TikTok or their Snapchat. I'll be, ask them if they're being real right now. Like, I don't know what they're on, but they're on something if they got a phone. He pulled up their social media, and I was like, hmm. Wow. Now, some of you are like, you judging, Pastor Pete? Mm -mm. I don't believe in judging. I got, a, I got a tattoo on this arm that says, only God can judge me. I'm not judging anybody. Judging is when you look at a fraction of somebody's life and you make a, a, an overall observation based on a limited bit of information. That's judging. But if you're looking at somebody on social media and the girl 
like she's showing off her butt and her boobies at the bar. I said boobies. <laughs> Means boobs. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's okay if I say boobs in church. Some of y'all, you shouldn't say boobs in church. Well, the boobs are in the Song of Solomon and they're in the book of Proverbs. May her breast satisfy you always. Hello, I got a verse. Some of y'all, it needs to be your memory verse. Talking about boobs up in the house of God today. Some of y'all zoned out. I just got your attention. You're like, That's in the, that is not in the Bible. Check it out, Proverbs 5. Woohoo! People tell on themselves. Listen, there are websites dedicated to people that run from God. They'll brag about it. They'll tell you the life they're living. And then, then you got the inside runner. And the inside runner, inside runner has, has learned how to keep it all together on the outside. But on the inside, you're wrestling because you, you know the Lord is leading you to take that next step. You know God's telling you to do that thing. And you're like, God, I'm not doing that, but I'll, I'll pray more, I'll serve more, I'll give more. I'll do all this other stuff. And God's like, hey, you don't bargain with me. I'm the creator of the universe. And there are people here today that on the outside, we got it all together, but on the inside, we're running. So the story continues. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea. Now, this isn't like a, isn't like a little, little rain drizzle thing. This is like God is sending the storm. Isn't it crazy when you get caught in the middle of a storm, everybody wants to blame it on God? Now, sometimes when you follow Jesus, Jesus will lead you through a storm. Jesus led his disciples through storms. Sometimes Jesus will lead us through storms. But sometimes... We got into the storm all by ourselves, didn't need anybody's help. And we get mad at God. How could you let this happen to me? And God's going, Jonah, listen, you're just going to Nineveh. I wouldn't have had to send the storm. We blame God for stuff that's our fault, right? God, how could you let me get the DUI? God's like, I wasn't funneling beers with you. My favorite is, God, how could you let me get pregnant? God's going, uh, <laughs> I got a chart, but like, I can show you how it happened, but I had nothing to do with that. We, we get in a storm, and there's some people today, the reason I'm saying this is if you're in the middle of a storm because you ran from God, there is hope. There is. Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea causing a violent storm, not just any storm. Jonah's writing this, so he wants us to know. It was, listen, y'all, the storm was violent and threatened to break the ship apart. Now, if you're on a boat in the middle of the ocean and the ship could break apart, are you scared? Absolutely. I ain't scared of nothing. <laughs> you live in Anderson. You've never been on a boat in the middle of the water about to break apart, all right? Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. Don't miss this. When we, from, when we run from God, it not only costs us, it costs other people. One of the biggest lies that we've ever heard, in fact, one of the biggest lies that most of us have ever said is this is my life 
I'll do what I want. It only affects me. It's not true. Our sin always affects other people. Trust me. I know that one pretty well. So you got Jonah in a bad way. But we said at the beginning of the message, you can run from God, but you can't outrun God. I want to pause right here because religious people get super happy. It's good. Jonah's going to get what he deserves. None of us want what we deserve. None of us. I said this was the first main point, but the second main point I want you to understand is this, that God's not trying to get you back. He's trying to bring you back. I've met people that have said, Pastor P, God's trying to get me. I'm like, come here. He's not. Because if God wanted to get you, you would be gotten. Remember last week I told you you had 37.2 trillion cells in your body? If God was after you, he would make every one of them explode at the speed of light. You would cease to exist. When, when, when God is mad, you see things like hail, fire, and brimstone falling from the sky. That's when you know he's a little upset today. <laughs> when your car won't crank, it doesn't mean God's mad. It means you didn't put freaking gas in your car. That's what that means. It's not God punishing you. So, so God's not trying to get you back. He's trying to bring you back. For those in this room that have you are running from God. You're currently running from God. For those watching online right now, you're running from God. God's not mad at you. God knew you were going to do this. And he went ahead and arranged the payment for it. Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins. God doesn't want to get you back. He wants to bring you back into a relationship with him. And here's the big myth. I don't want a second chance. The second chance, this is, this is the lie that people believe. Second chance is second class. I'm here to tell you there is nothing second class about a second chance. Second chance is simply an acknowledgement that I blew it and God still wants me back. The, the, the storm wasn't God's punishment. It was his pursuit of Jonah. The only way he's going to get Jonah back through a storm. Now, have you ever met the, the happy Christian? They're always happy. They always got a verse. Doesn't matter. How you doing, Pastor P? Oh, man, I'm not too good today. I'm going through, oh, I feel like I'm going through the fire. You know what? There's a story in the Old Testament about Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, and they went through the fire, and when they got in that furnace, they saw Jesus, and he brought them through the fire. So open your eyes, Pastor P. You about to see the Lord. I didn't think it was all that. I just going through a tough time. I mean, kind of feel like I'm in the lion's den. Stop! Don't, 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 don't even tell me about the, the, the story about the lions. They always have happy verses to quote. But sometimes life sucks so bad that not even happy Christian can bail you out. They decided to get to, all the sailors decided to get together with Jonah, and they did this thing called casting lights. And casting lots was basically the system of rolling dice, and they did it to try to figure out whose fault it was. 
And, and guess whose fault it was? Jonah, right? So, so the sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. Don't you love that guy? And since the storm was getting worse all the time, isn't it crazy how sometimes we think it can't get any worse and we realize we were wrong? Yeah. What should we do to you to stop this storm? You ever had an oh crap moment? Jonah's like, what should we do to, oh, to, to me? But I want to show you something. It's crazy, but it's real. Watch this. Throw me into the sea, and it will become calm again. And I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. When we run from God, we always wind up in dark places. This is Jonah. This blows the lie up. Godly people who hear from God never get to a state of depression and worry. Well, Jonah's pretty, pretty godly. Got a name in the Bible named after him. Okay, got a book of the Bible named after him. He's pretty godly, yet we see him right here ready to commit suicide. Take my life. I just feel, I feel like today there's somebody in the room and you're running from God and you're in a dark place thinking, there's no way I can get out of this. You might be right. You can't get out of it, but you can get through it. So they take Jonah, they throw him in the sea. And you got to imagine if you're Jonah, you're flying through the air thinking, can't get worse. I'm about to die. This is it. You ever thought it couldn't get worse? And it got worse. Now, the Lord had arranged for a great fish. Didn't say a whale, said a great fish. What kind of fish was it? Great one, exactly. To swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. So Jonah's like, all right, this is it. I'm going to die. And he hits the water all of a sudden. And he's like, this is just wonderful. This is sucktastic right here. I'm stuck in a fish. Smells like fish. Got no Wi-Fi down here. Isn't it funny when you run from God, you'll go lower than you ever thought you would go? The fish took him below sea level. For how many days? I love how everything in the Bible points to Jesus. Every once in a while in the Old Testament, Jesus would pop out and go, hey! He did it right here. Because how long? Like Jesus, Jesus was in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights, and then he came back to life. Jonah's in the belly of a fish for three days and three It's just a picture of who Jesus is. Don't you just love it when Jesus shows up and just shows out? He does it, and he, he does it in the middle of our storms. <laughs> Can you imagine that Jonah is a bit frustrated because that's what happens when we run from God. We think it can't get worse, and then it gets worse. Then Jonah does something completely crazy, completely insane. 
Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. What an awesome idea. Jonah's in the, in the belly of a wish, and he's like, you know what, maybe I should just pray about it. Isn't it funny that if we would just pray about things, a lot of times we wouldn't have to go through the storm and the fish and the fish guts and all that stuff, but we want to fight God. And God's like, would you quit fighting me? Quit fighting me. Somebody here today needs to hear God saying to you, quit fighting me. I remember senior week at Myrtle Beach. I remember some of senior week at Myrtle Beach. <laughs> I remember this very, very vividly. I was standing on the beach with a buddy of mine, and a girl walked by. I'm not going to lie. She was hot. But she looked spaced out. I never will forget this. She was walking toward the water. I told my buddy, I said, I think she's going to try to drown herself. He said, shut up. I was like, no, I think she is. She hit the water, spaced out. I mean, she was spaced out. I took off. I was going to be the hero. I was going to save her. I grabbed her. Now, here's what you need to know. This girl was high as a kite. She couldn't feel pain, and she was an athlete at her high school. So when I tell you that she grabbed me and threw me, I'm not exaggerating. She grabbed me and threw me. As I, and as I'm going through the air, I'm thinking, this has never happened before. <laughs> then she yells, I'm going to blankety blank, kill myself, leave me alone. Well, two of her friends had caught up by this time, and all three of us, like, wrestled her to the ground. This is before, like, video cameras or anything like that. This would be all over YouTube if we... And so we finally wore her out long enough that I, I grabbed her up and picked her up and, and she, she passed out. So I grabbed her, I picked her up and I'm walking her up the stairs to the, to the motel where she was staying and she woke up and punched me in the face. Now I've never hit a woman. But I did say, would you please stop fighting me? And she hit me again. So there was a railing right there, steps, iron. Her head was right here, and I just went. <laughs> Knocked that girl out cold. <laughs> got her back to her room, and we got her taken care of. But I never will forget, she was fighting me the entire time I was trying to rescue her. And she was wearing herself out. There's somebody in this room, you're exhausted from fighting God because he's trying to rescue you and you're wearing yourself out. So Jonah decided to pray. He's like, I'm tired of fighting. I'm gonna pray. And he prays this prayer. It's pretty incredible. Jonah chapter two, you should read the chapter. It's amazing. It'll take you about two minutes to read it. He talks about seaweed wrapped around his head. And at the very end of the chapter, the Bible says, then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Got like a fish loogie flying through the air, just. <laughs> and can you imagine Jonah sitting on the ocean? Almost fell. <laughs> Swear to God, that's water. 
Maybe. Oh yeah, Jonah's on the beach. I forgot where I was. I forgot where I was. I forgot where I was. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna pretend. I'm a professional, but I'm also an idiot. You can say I'm a professional idiot. Got to roll with it, baby. Jonah's on the beach and he's torn, right? Because he's like, I could have done something great. But there's no way. I guess I'm just, I'm torn. You know how it is this time of year where you're torn. I heard a friend say this last week and it's so true. He was so right. I amened him. In the South, we have five seasons. Winter, spring, summer, fall, and fake fall. For those of you that are brand new to the South, two weeks ago, that was fake fall. I saw it online. People are like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. I'm gonna put the pumpkins outside. I'm gonna go get a pumpkin spice latte. This is so awesome. And I'm like, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, hold on, uh -uh. Uh uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Hell's coming back. Hell is coming back. This past week is 95 degrees. People sweating bullets going, I thought it was fall. I'm like, yeah, and your pumpkin's dead, isn't it, right? We get torn this time. We get torn during fake fall. Like, what do we wear? Do we wear a hoodie? Do we wear a tank top? Like, we, we get torn. And there's some people torn in this room because you feel like you could have had this opportunity. But there's no way God has anything great for you in the future. So do you go back to what you did or do you try to move forward? And God, could you, could you actually do something with a guy like me? And the Bible says, then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Man, I love that. This is where religious people go. This is where God gets them. God's going to get up in his grill, rip him a new one. But I'm here to tell fellow runners, listen, I don't preach this as somebody that has never ran from God. I preach this as a gold medal athlete when it comes to running from God. I know a thing or two when it comes to this. That's why I'm so amazed by God's grace and I'm so blown away by his unconditional love. Because when God's word came to Jonah a second time, he didn't say, you screw up. I'm so disappointed in you. I'm mad at you. You you have freaking blown it and I don't want you in my presence ever again. No, he didn't say that. This is what he said. He said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Jonah, my plan for you hadn't changed. My plan for you has not changed. It is still immeasurably more. And deliver the message I have given you. I love that. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I've given you. Watch this. This time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command. I mean, last time he didn't, went bad. This time he's like, what have I got to lose? And went to Nineveh. And just to finish out the story for you, there's 120,000 people in the city of Nineveh. Jonah went into it, preached for three days, and all 120,000 gave their lives to the Lord. 
Jonah the prophet didn't go to Nineveh. Jonah the prodigal went to Nineveh. He learned a little something about God's love and God's mercy and God's grace and God's second chances. I'm just telling the person running from God here today, you came to the right place. You can run from God, but you can't outrun God. He's not trying to get you back. He's trying to bring you back and eventually give you immeasurably more than all you could ever ask for or imagine. So, Father, I want to pray right now. I want to pray over this room. Holy Spirit, I want to invite you in your presence in this place to just move up and down every aisle. If you're running from God, I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to me. In fact, if, you, if you're a runner, I just want you to look at me. I'm not going to single you out. I know what you're going through. I know what you feel like. I know for a fact that the enemy has lied to you and told you that your life will never amount to anything. But I'm right here with you on this stage telling you as somebody who ran from God that if you will literally just come back to him, he's got more in store for your life than you could ever imagine. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. If you've been running from God, you don't want to run anymore, I want you to stand up right where you are right now because we're going to pray for you. Do it right now. You're running from God. Stand up. Remain standing. Do it. You locked eyes with me. I'm not going to call you out individually. I'm just going to say, if you're serious, I want you to stand up. There, there's so many people standing right now. If you're running from God, I want you to stand because we're going to pray for you. We, we, and when I say we're going to pray for you, we're going to pray for you. Hey, to the person, to the person right now that your heart's beat about, about to beat out of your chest, I'd stand up. I'd stand up. That's God's pursuing you. That's God saying, uh, to come back. Somebody in this section right here, you need to stand up and you know exactly who you are and you need to do it right now. You need to do it right now because you've been running from God. And today's the day where you're not going to run anymore. You need to stand to your feet right now. I'm telling you. I don't want you to miss this opportunity. You need to stand to your feet because we're going to pray for you in just a second. Don't miss this blessing. 
Stand to your feet right now. Amen. Amen. There are people standing all over this room. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to look up, and if somebody's standing next to you, I want you to stand up, and I just want you to put your hand on their shoulder. I don't want anybody standing by themselves. If somebody stood up, I want, I want them to be prayed for right now. To make sure they're prayed for. Let's make sure they're prayed for. Let's make sure. I want you to, right now, I want you to pray for this person. Right now, I want you to pray for them. I want you to, I want you to pray for them. Right now, I want you to lift them up. I want you to ask Jesus to do something amazing inside them. I want you to ask Jesus to do a great work. Pray for them right now. I'm gonna take two minutes and go pray for somebody that God just spoke to my heart and told me to go pray for because I saw him stand up. I'm gonna go pray for him right now. I'm gonna come right back on this stage. You pray, and don't watch where I'm going. You pray for the person that you, you're ministering to right now. You pray for that person. You lift them up right now. You lift them up, you lift them up. Can we all stand? We all stand. Father, I want to thank you in the name of Jesus today that this is a place where runners can come. Not only runners can come, but runners can come home. Father, I want to thank you for every single person that stood, God, in this room, or for those on the, watching, God, that they just literally raised their hands, they're listening to this sermon, or they're in their living room, God, that we would know that God's second chance is not second class. Right now, all over this room with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, you've never given your life to Christ, right now, I wanna, I wanna invite you to ask Jesus to come in your life. Because here's what I know, Jesus will come in and make you into a brand new person. He'll take the old and make you brand new. He'll take death and turn it into life. That's what he does. So if you're here today and you wanna give your life to Christ, I wanna invite you to pray a prayer out loud. I want you to literally say this prayer out loud, but our entire church family is gonna say this prayer with you we're gonna pray it with you out loud. 
And church family, let's pray it out loud for the benefit of those who are praying it for the first time. Let's pray together. If you want to ask Christ to come in your life, you just pray this prayer with our church family. Just say this, say, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner. And I need you as my savior. And I need you as my savior. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you died on the cross. And rose from the grave. Rose from the grave. To pay for my sin. To pay for my sin. And right now, Jesus. And right now, Jesus. I receive you into my life. I receive you into my life. Come in and take over. Come in and take over. I surrender everything to you. I surrender everything to you. In Jesus' name I pray. If, right now with heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room. If you just prayed that prayer, if you just asked Christ into your life. I want you to do me a favor and put your hands straight up in the air and I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Hands in the air right now, all over the room, all over the room. All over, amen, amen, amen. Hands up, hands up, hands up. Father, I want to thank you for every single hand in the air. I want to thank you, Jesus, that you changed lives. I want to thank you, Jesus, that you met us here today. I want to thank you, Jesus, for the people that stood up that said, I'm running, but I don't want to run anymore. God, I want to thank you that you're full of grace and you're full of compassion. You are slow to anger and you are abounding in love and faithfulness. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you, we can walk out of this place today with the confidence to know that in Christ, in you, Jesus, the best is always yet to come. Everybody that agreed with that prayer said, amen and amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Man, I love you guys. Y'all have a great week and we'll see y'all back here next Sunday.